And Carl Jung's principle, the way I see it, is that it's only when you learn to embrace your warrior, your magician, and your lover. All in one. All as one, or all, or, or not, sorry, not all at the same time necessarily, but to be able to, to move from one to the other, then you're reaching your emotional maturity and becoming your king. And the king is the part of you that knows that you have a warrior, a lover, a magician inside of you. And to know when to step into each each part. And now we're becoming all of who we can be as a, as a, as a, as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I'd love to share about that is that I see that in some cultures. You know, and rugby, as I say, was, my, was, a, was a big passion of mine. And when I look at South Sea Island rugby players, Fijians, Tongans, Samoans, and you, I watch them play the sport and they're huge physical warriors. Warriors. Absolute warriors. And you look at them and you're like, Jesus, that's intense. I'm like, they must be crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you see them off the pitch and they're hugging and they're kissing and they're poking each other. They're like, brother. And they're so like almost teddy bears. And it's like that right there in that moment, they're giving a spectrum of their full potential that they don't mm-hmm. get stuck in this all the time, which I feel in Western society, perhaps we... We condition ourselves to think, I'm a warrior. I'm going to be a warrior at all times. I'm Mm. never going to show any chinks, any softness, any love, any sensuality, because that will go against my identity. And all that's doing for me is just limiting the full capacity of who you are as a human. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Soul's Sake, a conversation in which I bring you people from across the world that work in wellness, that are all about trying to transform people's lives, trying to help people to grow, to experience life in a more spiritual way, to try and experience and share love across the world. It sounds really woo-woo, but I promise you it's not. It's a candid conversation. It's an honest conversation on wellness. And today we have another amazing guest, Ben Bidwell, who's been on a personal journey, which is deeply authentic and relatable. Once a masked man unconsciously drawn to toxic behaviors, he underwent a profound awakening, transforming into an open and awakened soul. His own experiences have shaped his work as a compassionate guide, creating safe and educated spaces for others to explore and understand themselves better. His impactful work has garnered recognition in leading publications such as Hello, The Independent, Forbes, Grazia, Happy Full, Esquire, The Evening Standard, and Men's Health. Incredible, right? He has also made appearances on popular daytime TV and online shows, including Sky News, The Morning, Talk Radio, and Heart FM, further solidifying his influence in the coaching sphere. Drawing from his experience as a human potential coach, Ben has helped thousands of people undergo life-changing transformations with his custom-built program, The Wealth to Fulfillment Blueprint. He offers an introspective experience that leads to increased joy, purpose, and fulfillment. Ben's expertise is rooted in over 10 years of dedicated study in human behavioral education, encompassing NLP, I want to know what that is, life coaching, logotherapy, meditation, breathwork, and other disciplines. Armed with his knowledge, he empowers individuals to break free from limitations, expand their potential, and cultivate deeply loving and meaningful relationships. This is an incredible introduction. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Yeah, I'm deeply grateful that you've taken the time out to be here. Oh, thank you. Honestly, the honor is mine. It's beautiful. I'm just sitting back and listening. And that's, you know, it's hard. God, I'm going to dive straight into this. But for a long time, I found it so hard to receive. If someone said a compliment to me, I'd throw it back to them. So even in these moments, um, just sitting and receiving and allowing myself to to listen to myself like that is... um, uh, 
Uh, beautiful for it's me It's all now. you. It's all it's, you. You did yeah, it. God, it's crazy. You, you know, there's part that wants to reject it and go, no, but, you know, all this stuff. But no, it's beautiful. Why do you Thank think you. that is? Why do you think we jump into humility ping pong? Like when someone glorifies us or says something nice about us, like you said, the natural instinct is go, no, 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 it's not me. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that there is that natural instinct to go and reject people's kindness? I think there's there's part of it for me is this fear that I've got to live up to it. You know, there's... um. It's easier if I play myself down. In fact, I, I learned this from my mum at a young age. She loved me so much. Um, and she and we had a beautiful relationship. Mm. But she, and I'm, this is not a criticism in a, at all. I wouldn't fault her in the slightest. But she did, she, she never wanted me to fail because she loved me so much. So she, her attitude and the relationship we had was always been aim really low. You know, I don't want you to be upset if you, if you, you know, go for it and don't succeed. Mm. So just aim low and then it'll be fine, whatever happens. And so I think there's a part of me when I hear some of the stuff that's a bit like, whoa, I've got to live up to this now. Um, and then wants to kind of reject it, play it down. Oh, no, you know, um, uh, it's not really that way. You know, I'm just mm. a normal guy kind of thing. There's something that people are talking a lot about, which is like imposter syndrome yeah. and feeling like they don't deserve to succeed. Do you think it is always rooted in childhood? Do you think that there is? Or what, what kind of variables? Where can people kind of root down with where it came from? Yeah, often childhood, but mm. also the society we live in, you know. I mean, God, I remember in the in the school playground in my early days, and it was an insult to go, he loves himself or she loves himself. That right. was like the, the, like you're trying to be cruel to them. And I remember honestly growing up with a, with a distinct belief or, or a, an attempt not to be one of those people who love themselves. That was the way that I grew up. And so, you know, right from as young as I can remember, that was my way of being. Don't be one of those people. Wow. So we, we're taught that in this world, right? You know, it's not encouraged. Maybe they're better in some countries. You know, I see America celebrate each other more. But I found growing up in this country, it was like, don't don't get ahead of yourself. Mm. You know, that's play small. That's that's deep because you know I can so much relate to that, and I can just remember my childhood and just going, yeah, yeah, play it small, play it small. You know, it's 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 uh, okay to be uh, crudely humble about oneself and. Um, yeah, I wonder why that is. I wonder why, like, the British culture is so... I don't know what the word is even for that. No, I don't know either. <laughs> for, for me, it, like, facilitated in this fear of arrogance. I didn't, like, I thought it was, if, if someone complimented me, it was, and I agree, and I said, oh, thank you, that's kind. It's like, yeah, I'm agreeing, you're right, I am amazing. Thank right. you, pat myself on the back. And then my fear was being perceived as arrogant. So mm. I was like, I absolutely won't accept your, your uh, praise because I'm not going to be... Mm. arrogant what's the healthy way of kind of dealing with that or affirmations wise do you have any advice on someone maybe conquering that or uh, growing through that or yeah you know I, I when i worked i worked with a, a coach 11 years ago it was my first entry into to, to put sort of personal development expanding my potential and um we did exercises where she would say like beautiful compliments to me and i had to sit there uncomfortably shifting around in my seat and I had to look her in the eye and say, thank you, that's really kind, and accept it and just receive it. For me, it's almost, you know, I can see someone who's doing their work when you can be really kind, go out of your way to say, like, whatever is really beautiful about them, you can share it, and they can look you in the eye and receive it and say, oh, thank you very much, wow. you know. And that, for me, is a sign we've done some, we've done some work mm -hmm. because it's not normal, really. Um, yeah, so just practicing. And, and you know what? You asked me the question, how, how can we do that? You know, for me, a lot of it was actually realizing that, that that it was true. And so that when someone said it to me, to be able to just actually receive it, not fight it. So I could say, thank you. You know, they're seeing something inside of me that I know is there. 
thank you. Thank you for witnessing that. And ultimately, we're talking about self-love, right? And mm. We're not taught to, to self-love. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the society points us in a direction of self-love. That's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, when you walked in the door, I saw this big burly person, very manly, and just speaking to you now in the last, whatever, three minutes, four minutes has been since we started this podcast, it's clear that you've got in touch with a kind of softness that generally isn't associated with men, isn't associated with the masculine energy. And um, I think it's beautiful. Personally, I think it's amazing because I think that society is really pushing us for a particular stereotype of, of how men should be. And I think examples such as, um, oh, what's that fella's name? The bold guy that talks very narcissistically and oh, oh what's his name You've, i've forgotten it. Tate. Andrew, andrew tate, tate. there yeah. we go he's already getting forgotten isn't he Great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's promoting a particular type of manhood and something that's very clear just by being in your association is that you're a softer version or a a more heart connected person where did that start how can people access that tell me more Thank you. Thank you for seeing me in, in that way because, you know, that's that's how I want to see myself. That's how I want to live. Um, but I just want to go back slightly and you say, you know, I walked in the door and you saw a big sort of burly masculine and thank you for seeing that. That was my armour. You know, I fought so hard through from the age of 18 when I didn't feel big and burly and masculine as a result. I felt weak and carried shame around that weakness. I went to the gym religiously every day to change so that I felt like I belonged as a man. That was my journey. And so what you see now is just the armor that I created around myself just to hope to feel accepted. So that when I walked in, I played rugby, it was my sport. When I walked into the changing room, I felt like I belonged. When I felt small and unmanly and skinny, I felt like I didn't belong. So that was just part of my journey. And, you know, so often with these things, it, it can serve you in some capacity. It can serve me in some capacity. So I'm not to fight it and not to say I don't want it, but just to try and build a relationship where it's... um doesn't need to be armor anymore it can be part of my authentic choice of, of who i am and how i show up and i love the contrast and i love i love showing up and i'm being, really speaking openly here but i love when people look and go oh there's a big burly man and then for me to be able to really soften and to be gentle with them because i love that that contrast i love the concept of big warrior with tattoos and he's <laughs> and then he comes over and he's the sweetest kindest man i don't know what it is but i love those kind of contrasts in people because i, I believe that for us is often fulfilling our potential when, and we live in a society that we, we stay very small in our box who we've learned to be and it's like hey that's one part of you but there's also the other parts that perhaps you've buried that can really expand your possibility of who you are as a human being do you think it's burying or do you think it's just not knowing, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, excavating. Do you think it's basically innately there? Do you think this kind of ability to be soft and gentle and kind, kind, is innately within us? Yeah, I do. Oh. I do, I believe. And, and you know, I, I reference um, one of the conversations I've had with Dr. David Hamilton. I don't know if you've come across I him. Do you know David Hamilton, yeah. Dr. Yeah, David. and he says it's it's in our DNA. We are, at our, at our very core, we are kind. Um and I love hearing that because I, and I, I do this work with, with my clients, you know, getting them to see, you know, really when they're in a safe space and they're completely being fully themselves and they're not trying to be anything else, there's no um, conflict or there's no need to be anyone other than who they are. 
asked them to see themselves in that place and I asked them are you are you guarded are you you know are you kind and you you ask them and it's always they say I'm kind when they really let go of their barriers and they can be themselves I believe we are all kind how does one learn kindness or excavate kindness we drop all our, of all our armor we let go of all the armor the protection that we've built and learned that we had to carry to, to protect ourselves, to feel validated, to feel accepted. Um, Give me some armor, like what, what, what kind of armor <laughs> are we carrying? Oh, defensiveness, protection, arrogance, um, mm. laughter, humor, anything that, that um, appearance, anything that can, that, that can make us um, feel accepted, feel of value. Um, and of course, I'm not saying those things don't matter. I'm not yeah, saying. I'm starting to feel really insecure. Just like, oh crap, what armors am I carrying with me? <laughs> no, we all do. We that that's part. You know, this is a huge part of my work. We all carry the stuff. We all we've all got, and there's no shame in that. Of course, you, you're human. We all mm. learn. We have to learn how to protect, how to feel accepted and validated within within a society, within the community that we live. Mm. It's natural. So it's, there's no harm in in having them. I think what what hurts us is we're unconsciously carrying them. And therefore, we're not allowing ourselves to be the person that we were born to be. And we're not in alignment anymore. We're not living in har harmony. That hurts. I think that, that hurts our soul. You know, we're not allowing the expression of who we really are. That, and that was my experience. It feels like perhaps something that you went through a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's become clearer to me that I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago nor was I the same person that I was 20 years ago. It's an evolution, it's a transformation. But with that transformation, yes, things have come to light from within. It's become clearer about my spiritual identity. That's become much clearer to me in, in recent years. And it's given me a lot of faith in my practice and etc. cetera. Uh, but it's also been interesting for me to just sit here and just for the last like 30 seconds while you're speaking, have a little bit of like a, you know, I don't know what you call them. I, I just saw my life flash before my eyes. I just went, ah, oh, yeah, so many different images of, and and trying to, it's basically armor. And um, I don't know how much I feel I need to let go of them. I think that sometimes those little armor pieces help me to just navigate the spiritual a little easier, as opposed to just going, no, that's all armor, and just you know, I'm I'm not basically fully fully. Uh, identifying as a spirit soul i'm i do identify with the body and i have some appearances that i i do like to keep as like the beard thing you know i, I talk about a lot that you know i'm a bearded fella in a spiritual atmosphere maybe that's not so much accepted in the bhakti schools because you know you should be shaved up and clean and have have no hair and whatnot um and i guess it's an armor for me to say no i'm putting a stand and saying i'm, I'm going to be authentically myself beautiful so, I don't know if any of that made sense, but of course, yeah, I'm navigating it basically. I'm just trying to figure it out, <laughs> like us all. Yeah, you know, like us all. And and that I think is when you know someone is is really doing the work when they can step back and say, like, I don't have it all figured out. Mm. I'm learning and I'm seeing new things all the time. And because th these things always come alive, I'm still carrying armor that I'm not conscious of that other people perhaps can see. It's not right, you know. And and, and that's okay. And, and as I said, some of the armor that. I put on and learned to, 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 to wear as a child or as a teenager in my 20s. You know, it served me in some capacity. It doesn't, doesn't make it wrong. Right. It also right, doesn't right. mean I want to carry it anymore. Right. Um, it doesn't mean I want to carry it. It's interesting because, um, you know, it's understood that qualities, when we recognize them in other people, whether that's good or bad qualities, generally it's because we recognize them 
because we have them within ourselves in some way, shape or form. So when you mentioned that people are noticing armors that maybe I don't even know, it's because they are holding armors that maybe they don't even know. You know, it's, it's a whole it's a whole complex within the complex. But you mentioned the S word, soul. And I want to know what that means for you. Like, what does soul mean to you? The soul. Um, you know, what, the, what I hear just right now is just truth. Um, but real truth, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the depths. And I learned there's so many, there's, there's so much more truth the, dig, the deeper we go. Um, 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 the soul for me is just the purest part of who I am as a as a human, without all the learning, all the conditioning, all the armor, all the cliches that I've said, all that take us away from who we are. The soul is just the purest part. It's unfiltered. It's raw. It's my essence. It's my purity. Um, it's not learned. It's what I am in, in any of the conditioning, any of society's imprint, anyone else's imprint. It's purely mine and purely. My, my deepest truth. Mm, wow. And on the flip side, I want to ask, the male patriarchy and men figuring that out and figuring out, stripping away those layers to try and find that pure soul. Maybe just give us a little insight as to your observations of, um, yeah, what it means to be a man in today's society and how people, how men specifically, and, and we're looking at the camera right now, looking at all you men out there listening to this podcast, what do we need to do to... Uh, yeah, strip away those stereotypes and strip away that patriarchy that maybe we've been instilled with. It's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard work, you know, not to... Uh, I want to people. I want to encourage people to do it. It's a beautiful journey, but it's hard because we are attached. You know, what we talk about fundamentally staying safe, you know, and, and for me, staying... Like having muscles, trying to build myself up, look manly meant I felt safe. And if someone comes along and says... Hey, like this isn't authentically you. I'm not gripping. It's like you don't realize my whole identity is wrapped up. If I let go of this, then I don't like who even wants to talk to me. I don't feel accepted anywhere. So these things that we we hold on to are, are very important to us. And um, uh, and as I said, some of them serve us. So it's not to to make these things wrong. But ultimately, um, you know, we've got to stop and we've got to listen to what what is really true inside of us. You know, time in silence, which is not really um, welcomed in society, let's say. If, if, if someone said, what did you do at the weekend? And, and you said, I sat in silence and listened to my soul. They would, you know, yeah. ring up for help. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it's the healthiest thing that perhaps solitude. we can do. You know, yeah, absolutely solitude. And, and learning to listen to the soul, the truth inside of us beneath the conditioning. And that won't make any sense. It wouldn't have made any sense to me 15 years ago. Like, I, I know who I am. I don't kind of need all this. But I, all I knew was what I'd learned. It wasn't what I really was. So really, um, uh, just... And, and where I get to with this is to say that we've all got more uncovering to do. I've got more uncovering to do. So for someone to, to learn about themselves is not to make them wrong or to, 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 to say that you need to sort your shit out. Excuse my language. Yeah. It's to say we we all that's ongoing for us all wherever we're at. So just to to take it as an opportunity to be able to stop and listen and to go deeper into who it is that you really are, because we live in a society that won't show us who we are and will dangle all sorts of carrots and all sorts of things that will want to consume that will be great in the moment but don't align us to our truth. Mm. And we have to fight in this society to re, to get back to our soul level. We have to fight to to ignore the 
pulls or let go of the pulls and go within. And it's hard, really hard. I mean, this might be an opportune moment. You want to guide us in a little solitude, like maybe all of us that are listening and, and maybe feel that, okay, this could be a moment. If you're driving, please do not close your eyes and do this with us. But would you would you be up for guiding us in a little exercise that would maybe help to peel away those layers? Yeah, we can do a little, um, we can take a moment. To, what, what I'll do is, is, is um, take people into their truest form, you know, which is a very simple, simple exercise. Sounds um, profound. We can make it simple, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm feeling the pressure now, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's something I do with my clients. So if we, if we all just you know, take a moment, I'd, I'd encourage us to close our eyes because when we close our eyes, we stop looking, we stop seeing and we start to feel. We've got nowhere, to, nowhere else to be. So if we find some silence, close our eyes. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, just feel into the body by taking a couple of deep breaths. And just nice sigh out. So you're just starting to feel, you know, connecting with the breath, feeling into the body. Where does the breath go? What are we releasing as we exhale? Just coming into our senses. And then just go back to a vision of ourselves in our most free, in our most liberated, in our most... Uh, natural state where we're without fear without worry we're not trying we're not performing for anyone we're not trying to be anything other than just us ourselves and just to see ourselves in that moment in that space wherever it might be and just to be go to that place go become that person again see how that person is being see what they're wearing, see where they are, see how they're living. And just feel back into that moment of liberation, of freedom, of just feeling so comfortably yourself. And then really taking note of who you are in that person, what characteristics are you embodying? We touched on it a moment ago, but are you kind in that moment? Or are you competitive? Are you trying to put other people down? Are you, are you judgmental? Are you looking around and making other people wrong? Looking at how they're wearing their clothes or why they've got stupid hair? Or, or are you looking at people with love and appreciation and curiosity? Wonder. And are you trying to dominate others? Are you trying to be better than other people? Or are you just appreciating your own journey and being yourself? Just feeling into that version of who you are when you're at your most free, at your most liberated. And we can take this deeper, but for now, I would just, you know, when we get the chance to come back to the room in a moment, just perhaps jot down who it is, what kind of person you are, what are the characteristics that you're holding on to there, who are you being in that place, in your most liberated place. And then to know that that is your truth. So, yeah, let's, let's come back to the room and perhaps just, if you're listening, yeah, take a moment to write down the characteristics. Yeah, and we might think, but that's not me. You know, that's, that's, we, I wish I could be that person. I wish. But really, that is you. Mm. We are liberated. We are free. But the mind imprisons us. The mind takes us to being someone else. Mm. Profound how simply you made that 
exercise, feel, and flow, um, I'd recommend if if you felt that that was powerful, pause here, journal, just like Ben mentioned, um, maybe free write a little bit. And if you feel that you missed something there, rewind. You know, you've got the rewind button. Go back in time, re-listen to it and, and see maybe there's an effect that comes doing this early in the morning or doing this at a point where, yeah, you're, you you have the ability to be a little bit more free in that moment. Um, that was incredible. Thank you, Ben. Oh, thank, thank you. you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, yeah. Is there any moments... You seem like you've you've definitely conquered some... I don't know. I don't know your past. This is the first time we're meeting, but there must have been moments that have built you to the person you are today. And I'm not talking about now at the exterior. I'm talking about the internal. Uh, there must have been experiences that have come come along the way that have shaped you. Do you want to share any of those experiences with us? Maybe we can relate to them. Maybe we can unpack them and, and see uh, how we've maybe had similar experiences in that and how they've led you know, listeners, myself, yourself, to this point of kindness. I think I already know what I want to call this podcast. The kind man or the man with kindness or, you know, ki- yeah, it's just that that's emanating from you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to hear your story, basically. Yeah, well, um, God, yeah, it definitely wasn't always this way. You know, there was, there was a past. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be that typical man, wasn't I? You know, for me, it was, it was money. It was parties. It was girls. It was all those things. That was my validation. That was my success. You know, for 30 years or certainly in my, my late teens and in my 20s, that was how I deemed my life successful. Even to the extent I remember when I got close to a girl in my late 20s mm-hmm. and I could see we we're going to a relationship and I really started to have a freak out. I was like, but who am I if I enter into a relationship with this girl? I've been single for 10 years-ish. I'm like, what am I going to talk to my friends about if I, if I haven't got stories of girls and parties? I'm just, I'm a no one. I'm an, I don't have an identity. Really, and th- they were the, those were the thoughts coming through me. Um, so that was that was who I was. That was that was my the identity that I was trying to shape. And um, uh, I, truth be told, I knew that there was emptiness within me at the time. But I kind of just thought it was life, and I thought I was ambitious, and I just needed more girls, and I needed more money, and I needed better parties. And that was the path I was on. And the only thing that made me sort of go within, if you like, is that I had challenges around sex. I had challenges. I struggled to orgasm throughout my sexual experiences from the age of eighteen. And um, uh, I started working with a hypnotherapist purely on that. Um, to try and solve it and put a patch on it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I was happy to do that because I thought I'll be, a, I'll be an even better lad if I've got all my sort of sexual experiences kind of nailed and I can learn new techniques and all these amazing things in sex. Mm. So I'm happy to do that stuff. Um, but, of course, the, and thank God the, the um, coach that or hypnotherapist that I work with didn't kind of say, I think this is what we need to do, Ben. We need to open you up. You need to become vulnerable. And we're going to connect you to your emotions. They and didn't do that. They, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. Because oh. like, I would have been like, mm, oh, no, it's all right. I'm just going to go and work with someone else. Just that sex person. That's all I want to do. It's just that part. Thanks, though. Mm. Um, but she didn't. She knew that was what I needed to do. And I remember like the first few months of um, working together, we weren't talking about sex or anything. And I was like, okay, kind of, yeah, but when are we getting to the sex bit? And um, we never did. But I remember one particular moment. Uh, along the journey early on where I sent my mum some flowers and um, I wrote in a card that I was so grateful for her and I I really loved her. And I'd never done that before Mm. Um, and I'd never expressed my love for her, really. We had a very close relationship, but I'd never really expressed it, even though it was true and I knew it was true. You know, the deepest truth was it it was true. 
but my head was like, nah, but what kind of a man says, I love you to their mom, what my brother's doing, what my dad's thing. I don't talk about that stuff. Like, I don't want to go there. But I remember when I shared the flowers, this is the work of the hypnotherapist encouraging me to go there. I knew she'd ring me and I knew she would want to talk about it and I was dreading it and the phone rang. Flowers had arrived. Ben, so kind of you. Thank you so much. I know you love me. And sat there kind of squirming in my chair like, okay, mum, you know, thanks. I'm, I'm happy you like them kind of thing. And, and when I came off that call, I, I knew, part of me knew, or there was a knowing side of me that was happy that she'd received what was true. Um, I still felt uncomfortable, but it was true. And the best thing I could say is from that moment onwards, my journey has been about trying to choose what I know is true, even if it's uncomfortable. Even if I felt myself squirming, it's like, is this, that's really me? Then I'd choose it. And that's what I've continued to choose. And, you know, we did that exercise a minute ago to try and see our, our truth. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to, that's that for me, my heart, my soul. Mm. that's living aligned because it is true I love my mum what was uncomfortable is the patriarchy and all society's impression on, on that were put on me that was shouldn't be that way and don't express this and don't be that way mm. when it was me and I'm a sensitive gentle man in a society that told me I need to be big strong and tough and um, all the time I was trying to be who society said I should be and not being who I was it was hurting me mm. and it was causing me to live in emptiness Mm-hmm. and without self-love how can you love yourself if you're not being yourself so yeah that's been my journey it's incredible um, thank you i mean it paints the picture of, of just hearing your story paints the picture of also my life and how similar in in some sense i think that many uh men who hear this or even uh, let's let's not only make this about men anyone that's hearing this i'm sure that there are moments in that that you just go that sounds like me. That sounds like my life. That sounds like a snapshot of what happened in my life. And I think that um, the world is conditioning us to think in a particular way. Let's not make two two beats about it. The world is conditioning us to live a life where we're simply enjoying, simply manipulating, being hypocritical 99% of the time, saying one thing, doing another, not meaning what we say and not saying what we mean. And um, even when it comes to being kind and loving to others that it has to be done like this it has to be done like the movies say otherwise it's not loving kindness and uh what i find incredible is that um hopefully these conversations are growing i feel that the wellness space is changing like drastically it used to be all about lycra and what matt you're practicing on and you know whether your teacher is instagram famous or not now i feel like the, the whole thing is blowing wide open and Everyone is invited to the conversation. Everyone's invited to do some work, internal work, and do some work that will hopefully help them to serve the next generation down. Mm. Uh, A lot of people are worried about the way in which the world is going. And I think that we should be a little hopeful as well. I think the next generations are going to inherit an opportunity where religion, spirituality, wellness, mindfulness, etc., are not going to be bound around walls of like rituals and particular skin colors and etc. I think it's the whole thing is blowing wide open. So hmm. yeah, any I thoughts? No, I I, I I do not actually see it going both ways and not to not to dampen what you're yeah, saying. For sure. You know, I feel more I see more and more people getting led astray and I see more and more people going back into their heart, into their soul. And um I don't know if 
God, you know, we can get lost in it, whether that's part of the plan. Who knows? They want that, I don't know. But yeah, I definitely mm. see more people integrating into the heart and I hope that more and more people can see that that is the route to actually feeling good. Mm. You know, that that's, we can do all of the things, but if it's not aligned to the truth of who we are as a human being, which, as I say, my belief in the conversations that I've had is kindness, um, then there's always going to be an element of pain or dis-ease, you know, in who we're being. And it's not a nice, not a nice way to live. Mm. You know, I actually, I got a. When I see people, um, and I, I'm a massive believer of this, and this is perhaps controversial in saying it, and a, a lot of people will will find it hard when I say this. But you know, when I see people causing causing pain, causing trouble to others, you know, I ultimately what I see first and foremost is them acting out their own pain. Um, and it's until whilst we're always just criticizing and making people wrong for for. for behaving in the wrong ways without addressing why then we're just going to keep seeing a lot of repeated challenging behavior what really we want to do is be helping people when they're when they're acting out of alignment of who we are as humans they need help not punishment and no of course we have to to also punish of course this is not to say we just say oh poor person they're in pain every time we course we have to have boundaries we have to have punishment but ultimately that's what i see is a lot of people acting out a lot of their pain, particularly men, and like you say, this is this conversation is definitely geared to humanity, not men and women, men mm. or women, but particularly men. There's a lot of men who are out there hurting and who are causing pain to others. If we want to aid someone who we clearly is are seeing as acting upon their pain, it may not be us. Like I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I don't particularly have too many violent tendencies i get angry but it's not in me to be so violent um but i do know men who act on their pain and i just don't know how to help them apart from distancing myself from them and i feel that counterintuitively that just feels really like counterintuitive to being kind it, how do we impress upon all yeah one thing is being the example that comes to mind but um, some, let's face it, other people have, have experienced much more intense lives than maybe I have. And I can't relate to that. So I don't know how to help. Like what, what would be your advice to helping someone who is clearly acting on their pain? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. Um, it's challenging, you know, and, and, and the reason I talked about, I see more division in terms of more people going to the heart and more people sort of going away from the heart, soul, if you like, is because the challenge we have is that if people don't want to do the work. They, it's impossible to make them because it's really hard. It's challenging. So we right. can sit with them. We can do everything. We can be everything that we can that they possibly give to them, and it won't make a blind difference unless they make the conscious choice. Um, what I what I do know is that a, a good friend of mine, a guy called Michael Maisie, who's a beautiful man, who I'd love to for you to connect with too. Mm -hmm. I went to watch Michael's TED talk recently. Michael was. Um, uh, imprisoned in his teenage years for many things, including uh, armed robbery and attempted murder. You know, did some 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 bad things. You know, uh, not to say any of that is okay. But uh, I watched his TED talk where he showed an image of him as a teenager in a, in sort of his gang, where they kind of you know looked very stereotypically. You know, the bad guys and girls on a park bench, kind of all signs at the camera and looking for trouble. Really, mm -hmm. the appearance. You know, Michael was the one in the middle with his shaved head and angry eyes you know and it's very easy to make michael 
wrong, um, but you understand or look at his story and he was sexually abused by his um, uncle, age four. He was born to a, an alcoholic mother, a heroin addict father. And it's not to say that, you know, it's, if that happens to you, it's okay to then do whatever you want, behave sure. in the way. Of course it's not. Yeah. But it might give some context that age five, he saw the world as a very dark and dangerous place. And he could either try and fight and put on his armor and protect himself, or he could live in the pain that he was experiencing for, the, for, for his years. So as I say, I'm not, if for one moment, saying it's okay. What he talked about in his TED Talk to say that no one showed him any kindness. Everyone made him wrong, judged him, looked in this way. And when people stopped judging him, and he had a few moments, stopped judging him and listened to him, started to understand him at a deeper level, why perhaps he wanted to behave in the ways that he did, and to not make that wrong, but to sit with him. It gave him some of the space to start his transitional journey. And you know, now he runs men's groups and, and does amazing work. You know, done his TED talk, he's written a book, and he's an incredible dad to, to daughters, you know, a, a role model. And um, he's just a beautiful man. And it's my belief, and I really hope he doesn't mind me speaking on his behalf. I haven't said anything that's not in his book. But um, he was always the man he is today. He was born that way, but society grabbed him, showed him this is what you've got to be given everything that's going on around you, and this is what you've got to do to stay safe. And um, I find it hard to blame him. You know, I, I, I have to, you have to have boundaries and to say, of course it's not okay. Of course, and I have that. But I know from my own perspective, I know how gentle, how kind I am. And I know some of the things that I did in my 20s, you know, around thinking I was being a lad, thinking it's kind of cool, thinking people would celebrate me if I behave that way. It was never my truth, but it, it felt like my truth. It felt right to do it. And so really, like going back, sorry, it's a very long answer to your mm. question. You know, how can we, it's, I would really love to see society that really like can see beneath behavior and we can sit when someone makes a mistake, can we sit with them? Can we give them the space, not to make them right or wrong, but to listen with curiosity, with kindness, with a genuine um, intention of hearing them and understanding them? Very hard. And often is, many yeah. professionals, you know, it's, it's often we can't do it untrained. Mm. But, um, yeah, you said two things that kind of struck me. One is, I mean, f I mean, aside from these two things, the story of Michael Mays, I'd love to meet him. That mm. sounds incredible. It really drew me in. Um, you mentioned about them wanting to do the work first and foremost, mm. and two, holding space and just, you know, really listening with kindness. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we'll never be in that utopia. Eh? No, we're not. We're not. We're not very <laughs> close to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, it starts with us. It starts with us, yeah. And, and I, I like to think if I can. If I can do it, you know, David Hamilton, again, to reference David, he, he talks about the ripple effect of kindness. And if you're kind to one person, then it, the ripple effect it has, because when you're kind to that person, they then pass on. Science shows that they pass on that kindness to others who pass it on to others. So there are ripple effects. So we can do our, our bit. And that's all we can do, really. But I, I, um, I certainly, my intention is to not, to not judge anyone for their behavior, but to, to listen and try and see what, where that's come from and what that's about. Um, yeah, this has been a really deep conversation, really meaningful conversation. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I'm debating, do we do a quick fire round or do I have another question in there? I'm trying to see what's in there. Um, something that is kind of been interesting is, I don't know if you know Carl Jung. Yeah. And he talks about, I can't remember how he puts it. It's, it's a lot of what you speak about is, is related to him um, and different armors. It's, it's 
have you heard of anything from Carl Gustav Jung? The the archetypes. Mm-hmm. The archetypes. Here we go. So he um he says that within each man, or this is a long time ago, but he built a framework that is still referenced today and celebrated today and worked upon today. I've done a lot of work using them, but within every man is there's four archetypes, i.e. four types of persona, if right, you like. Right. Um, and we need to embrace all four parts to, to reach our full emotional maturity or let's say our full potential, if you like. This is really and, interesting stuff, by the way. If you're, if you're listening and you're making notes or if you find that this is really, I mean, I read this recently and I think that this is going to really change the way in which you see the archetypal person, man specifically, no? Yeah, there are, there are archetypes for women too. Ah, okay. Um, but I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I actually think, and then perhaps this is, I won't get lost into this, but I think these are beautiful framework for humanity, actually, these four I'm about to talk about. And that's, um, I'm actually doing the session with Russell uh, at Russell's Festival on Sunday, oh, breathing out. around the archetypes for men, yeah, which is beautiful. Oh, but the principle is that there's a warrior within every man, you know, and that's the one that people go, of course, you know, and the warrior is very focused, determined. He knows what he wants. He's fearless in, in, in pursuit of what matters to him. Important, really important part of that, the healthy warrior, is that he really does know what matters. He doesn't get lost in like, that matters one minute and here, I'm there and I'm scattering and I'm getting lost into all the shiny stuff and it's not actually at my core. So that's a true warrior. He knows himself, he knows what matters, and he goes after it. But then you've also got, alongside the warrior, you've got a magician and the magician is very open-minded to the possibility of who he can become, who he can grow to become, what education is out there, what opportunity, and he's curious to learn and to grow and to see all the, the, the opportunity with curiosity, you know, very open-minded part of us. The part that has the opportunity to expand, you know, the magician, create magic. And then the third, the third part, um, and these aren't in any particular order, by the way, but the third archetype is the lover. And within every man is a lover who's able to um, feel and to essentially go through life to, to experience the joys of gratitude, the joys of the, the emotion, and to, to taste and to nourish uh, the whole, not only relationships, of course, relationships being a big part of that, but the whole experience um, to really bring love and emotion into their world. Mm. And Carl Jung's principle, the way I see it, is that it's only when you learn to embrace your warrior, your magician, and your lover. All in one. All as one, or all, or, or not, sorry, not all at the same time necessarily, but to be able to, to move from one to the other, then you're reaching your emotional maturity and becoming your king. And the king is the part of you that knows that you have a warrior, a lover, a magician inside of you, and to know when to step into each each part. And now we're becoming all of who we can be as a as a, as a as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I'd love to share about that is that I see that in some cultures. You know, and at rugby, as I say, was, my, was, a, was a big passion of mine. And when I look at South Sea Island rugby players, Fijians, Tongans, Samoans, and you, I watch them play the sport and they're huge physical warriors. Warriors. Absolute warriors. And you look at them and you're like, Jesus, that's intense. I'm like, they must be crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you see them off the pitch and they're hugging and they're kissing and they're poking each other. They're like, brother. And they're so like almost teddy bears. And it's like that right there in that moment, they're giving a spectrum of their full potential that they don't mm-hmm. get stuck in this all the time, which I feel in Western society, perhaps we... We condition ourselves to think, I'm a warrior. I'm going to be a warrior at all times. Mm. I'm never going to show any chinks, any softness, any love, any sensuality, because that will go against my identity. And all that's doing for me is just limiting the full capacity of who you are as a human. So I love that concept 
of seeing the full full possibility of who you are. Incredible. If you want to know more about that, then head over to Ben's page on Instagram or get in touch with him. I'm sure that even if you're, uh, you know, in, the, in, the, in a woman's body and you want to hear about uh, Jung's um, archetype for women, then I'm, I'm sure you'd be happy to share. God, yeah. You, you know, there, there's, I, th- I think there's seven or eight um, archetypes for women mm-hmm. and I get a little lost with, with there being, I've, I've like got graphs of four and I'm really intrigued actually to know how they, how it expands for women seeing all the different parts of them. But yeah, I, um, I've really kind of got to, to nail the men's yeah, side of it yeah. um, sorry ladies yeah <laughs> we're trying um, should yeah. we do some quick fire yeah whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> I find these always fun because it helps to loosen the conversation I think this has been a really deep meaningful conversation I don't mean to um, cheapen it by doing this I think that we can still do some meaningful quick fire yeah but uh, embracing yeah. all parts of who Embrace we are right? it. Oy, deep. here we go <laughs> alright quick fire question number one What's something you're curious about right now in your life? Um, sex. Yeah, expanding the possibilities of what I can experience still. Wow. and then ever growing. That's interesting. Yeah. See, it's interesting because you mentioned it like earlier in the conversation. I thought maybe that was like just a moment and it's done and like, okay, no. it's always a transformation. Yeah. What's something you're personally working through at the moment? Um... Playfulness, you know, learning to play. Uh, I mentioned to you, sorry, I'll try and keep you short. I mentioned to you watching the work that you do, beautiful work, you know, and how much fun and playfulness and energy, all the stuff, and I love it. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, oh my God, absolutely not. Really? Yeah. And there's not the part I want right. to be, it's the part that's like, don't tell your mum you love her. Right, you know, right, right. Part, the truth. It's a shame for being joyful and playful. Yeah, exactly. You're coming with me to Kiratan, there's no question. <laughs> you're going to jump in and you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> and you're going to be playful and you're going to walk away going I'm going to do more of that <laughs> wonderful oh, I'm petrified <laughs> <laughs> don't worry Kaylee will hold your hand through it okay thank you <laughs> uh, in short what legacy I think I already know but I could be surprised in short what legacy would you like to leave behind in this world um, you know maybe this is different to what you're thinking but I, I just want to leave a legacy where more people can be all of who they can be for men to be able to be the full expanse of who they are, for women to be the full expanse of who they are. Mm-hmm. So we can just drop the masks and actually feel good about who we're, who we're being. Hmm. Drop the masks. That sounds like the title of your book. Drop the masks. How okay. does one drop? If there's one thing we can do today to drop our mask a little bit further, what would it be? This is not on my notes. A really simple starting place is, is learn to feel. Uh, reconnect with emotion to be able to express emotion without judgment so a very basic level mm. when someone says how you doing give them the truth you know like whatever it is without judgment without but just listening to what's inside of you we go oh, i'm fine thanks how are you yeah you know or whatever it is the answer yeah. is never true but actually we can't we're never going to change anything unless we allow ourselves to feel so allowing yourself to feel without judgment um to be able to express and i, and I say that also Sorry, let's go. And this is quick fire. Oh, no. But, you know, choosing your people, you know, yeah, not the bus driver, not the person yeah, who doesn't exactly. get it. But someone you're connected to ask you, how are you feeling? Stop, pause, listen, give them the truth. Yeah. Feel. Start yeah. from that place. That's the basic beginning. Yeah. I tried doing it once where every conversation in a day was when someone asked me, I said, you got the time? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah, sure. But then it was the case of my <laughs> wife was waiting and she was like, come on, man, we've we got to go. Like, yeah, yeah. Stop wasting time. <laughs> we actually have to go on to the next place. But um, totally. You, I, I totally appreciate what you said about choosing the people that you do that with and, and not feeling that everyone needs to know everything. You just, no. just choose, be, be mindful of who really wants to know and who just wants to find, thank you, how are you? <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, some people are not ready to receive. No, they're not ready. And they don't yeah. really want to know either. No, it's no. it's, it's uh, not meaning what they say and saying what they mean yeah um interesting anyways it, that that brought something up in me uh something you used to deeply value but don't value as much anymore hmm. i'd say like i'm just trying to answer authentically what comes to me yeah, really yeah. like meaningless sex you know just just you know giving that energy away and just escaping my emotion and finding the quick wins mm. and now really trying to experience something that, that means something more to me not not to not to make it wrong for other people or however they choose but do you think there's a strength in celibacy yeah i'm sure there is yeah mm. yeah absolutely yeah and that's a whole different conversation yeah. i'm learning about but for particularly for men um in in terms of where we distribute our energy how we distribute our energy yeah yeah one of the previous podcast guests, um, uh, he mentioned TJ Power. He mentioned that there is a strength in holding that creative energy and that we should mention experiment with it. Like it's something that I hold very um, staunchly in my practice. It's, it's, a, it's something that I vowed actually when I, I, I took uh, initiation into the Bhakti lineage. Mm. Uh, one of the vows was that I would uh, no longer engage in illicit sex. Mm. And so that meant that even masturbation was off the table for me. And have I kept to that promise? Being candid, no. I've fallen down on many occasions. But um, the truth is that I think that when I've experimented, not even experimented, when I've kept to that vow, um, I can speak more openly. I can express and sing more creatively. I can... Uh, be more intuitive like that intuitive nature is something that um i think is strongly linked with that and so it's been kind of interesting experiencing that it's something that i really wish upon everyone that to to try to try um uh, and be more mindful of it not just doing it as like oh it's a good and a bad no but just really experiencing what does that uh, activity and or and or refraining and or uh, utilizing that energy in different ways. What is that? What is the effect on on the consciousness? Um, mm, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Question number five. This is the last. You, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Seriously, it's Thank been a, it's been a really nice conversation. Me too. Number five. <laughs> Thank you. If you could create one law, this is the last one, by the way. If you could create create one law that everyone has to follow, has to follow, what would it be? God, that's a really tough question. Mm. Um, <laughs> I can't get away from just like uh, you know, speaking truth, but uh, we get we can get lost in speaking truth. We think truth is what we hear in our heads, you mm -hmm. know, and we can go around saying, speaking the truth, right? I hate your trousers, and you look stupid, and this and that, and uh, trousers. <laughs> that's not my truth, really. Yeah. But you know we can get lost in and, and thinking well that is my truth I do, but our truth isn't doesn't lie in judgment 
you know, uh, that, that, that's, that's the conditioned part of us. I'm talking about a deeper truth. So speaking the truth that lives beneath the judgments, beneath the thoughts, and learning to speak from that place. If we could all speak from that place, then, oh, God, I, I don't know what would happen. We'd all end up loving each other, ultimately. Oof, isn't that dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's something that would be cool, no, to have in school, learning to love yourself. Yeah, learning to express yourself lovingly, having a class on that. Yes, could be quite and cool. others. But we would. If you love yourself, you don't have. You do, why would you not love other people? Mm. What's what's stopping you? Yeah, yeah. Something to think about. Why? Why? Why don't? Why don't we have that school? Yeah, you know? I know. So many years of bullying well, and etc. could have been avoided if if people just learned to love themselves. Or learn how to love beyond all the pain that has, has been experienced in their life. One thing I will say on that, if you don't mind, yeah, is, please. You know, if, if we do love ourselves, when we do love ourselves, we don't have to consume in the same way, and that doesn't suit a, a world that's asking us to consume and mm. buy more and more and more. Break this, breaking the uh, the way that the government institutions, etc., how they've been trying to build the world to to navigate. We can just. Yeah, be free of that. Yeah, when you love yourself, you don't need that much. Yeah, you don't need that much. Simple living. You can make some choices. Yeah. Have some things, yeah, 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 but you yeah, don't yeah. need. Not like you do need things when you don't love yourself. I'd agree with that. If you don't agree with it, let me know. Drop it in the comments. Let's, yeah. let's hear about it. Let's discuss it. Yeah. Ben, this has been epic. Thank you so much oh. for taking the time, for coming with heart on the table, with, um, yeah, just... The, your open-heartedness, your open conversation style, your willingness to hear, your willingness to express in such a kind way. And, um, yeah, I, I fully back you 100%. I think what you're doing is phenomenal, and um, I want to be part of that journey in some way, shape, or form. And uh, if you found this valuable as well, then uh, please drop us a comment, drop us some feedback, get in touch with Ben, you know, go and check him out, check out his work. It's incredible. And I feel permission to listen to this conversation again. It's not just a one-time entertainment hit. It's not just a fix. You know, your weekly fix is done. No, feel free, feel welcome, feel invited to hear this conversation again and again and share it with others. Um, ben, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And I can't wait to dive into your work. Oh, I really can't. It's happening. Yeah. He's dancing with me and Kiritan. Watch out, people. <laughs> uh, see you guys on the next episode of For Soul's Sake. Until then, namaste. All the best. Say